how to increase your prophetic abilities that's our topic for this broadcast and podcast as well i'd like to take this opportunity to welcome every single one of you and our podcast audience as well my name is joseph helen your friend thanking god so much for you i love you so very much how to increase your prophetic abilities number one how do you increase your prophetic abilities now even before we go to the first way to increase your prophetic ability i want to bring to your attention the fact that god talks to us prophetically so not everybody is a prophet but all of us must be prophetic otherwise you'll not hear his voice and you'll not have any form of communication with him you see talking to god during prayer and not getting to hear what he says in return is just monologue it's supposed to be a dialogue he says in Isaiah 1.18, come, let's reason together. Let's talk together. That means you speak and he speaks back. So the reason I'm teaching you about these things is to help you know how he talks. So that when he talks, you get to understand, you get to hear him. It's not possible to develop a relationship that is warm, that is living and loving without dialogue. You must know how he talks. So that when you speak, he answers you. How do you know your prayer is answered if you don't know how he talks? So prophecy is not just about predicting the the future. Prophecy is about you engaging God in a dialogue. Prophecy is about you knowing the spiritual principles and how they operate. Prophecy is about knowing how angels work, what they look like, how they operate, how to engage them, how to enjoy their services. Prophecy is about knowing who demons are, what to do to cast them out. Because 99.9999% of your problems are caused by evil spirit. You know, you get rid of evil spirits, you'll have got rid of most of your problems. You see, this is what I like nowadays to take people through deliverance during our broadcast and podcast. You see, prophecy is knowing that this thing is being caused by a demon, so we need to cast it out. Prophecy is knowing that the financial difficulties you're going through are not because you're not a hard-working, committed, and focused person. It's because there's a spirit of poverty or lack of insufficiency messing with you. Prophecy is knowing what they look like, how they act, and how to deal with them. Prophecy is knowing that the ailment in your body is caused by a spirit of infirmity rather than just normal pathogens. There's a spirit behind the pathogens. That's prophecy. Prophecy is knowing how to engage spirit, how to talk to the Holy Spirit, how to be trained by Him, how to have a living, loving relationship with Him. That's prophecy. It's until you've established that, that you can move on now to the levels of prophesying to other people, telling them what you heard God say. Are you getting it? You can't just talk to people, that says the Lord, and didn't hear God. So I want to teach you how to hear Him. So that when you speak, you're speaking a that says the Lord kind of word. I heard him. And you can stand even in the middle of persecution and say, the Lord spoke to me. I know he did. Because you've learned his voice. So these are some of the ways you can increase your prophetic abilities. Your hearing abilities and your speaking abilities. Prophecy is about hearing God and speaking forth that which you've heard from him. Prophecy is also about interpreting God's codes. There are codes he uses when he talks because God operates by codes. He's not, he doesn't talk your mother tongue. He talks his language and his language is called sound, images, 
Okay? Yes, of course, he can speak your mother tongue quite well. But he prefers to speak his language. He prefers to talk in tongues. And did you know that interpretation of tongues is really prophecy? So I want you guys to understand that the prophetic is mandatory for all Christians. Otherwise, you'll not be hearing God. And you'll start saying things like, oh, heavens are quiet. Oh, I, I tried listening to God and I didn't hear a thing. You'll hear statements of unbelief like, I'm believing in God for a car. I'm believing in God for a house. Those are called statements of unbelief. Go buy the car. Go get the house. Yeah? Are you getting that? I'm believing in God for a wife. What? The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So the prophetic one goes and finds. When you find her, the Bible says, wash her with a washing of water by the word. Make her the most beautiful person until people start criticizing her. Because she's too beautiful. You get that? You go, look, find, and then start the work. Building her up. The same way God brought Eve to Adam. Not the other way around. After God took Eve out of Adam's ribs, out of Adam's side, the Bible says he brought the woman to Adam. Why? Anytime someone is brought to you, they are brought to you so that you can work on them. All right? I like the way the late Miles Monroe used to put it. He used to put it this way. That a woman has a father. And the father walks her down the aisle to the husband. And that the Bible says a man shall leave the father and mother. But the Bible does not say that a woman shall leave the father and mother. Have you ever read anything like that? Uh, she doesn't leave. It's the man that leaves. And he's, he, used to, he used to preach it so well that the wife is looking for her father in you. What are the qualities of a father? A father will encourage you. A father will nurture you. A father will raise you. A father will provide for you. A father will encourage you. A father gives you blessings. A father gives you prophetic direction. A father tells you it's okay. A father brings you forgiveness. Remember, if your father forgives you, you're forgiven. It doesn't matter what you've done. The father has the authority to take away your wickedness. And when God looks at you, he sees you as perfect. Even before you change. That's why God moves up from one father to another father. Uh, so exchange your fathers. The biological father hands her over to the marital father now. I have raised her up to this point. Please take over from there. And make her spotless, without blemish. A bride that doesn't have any wrinkle, then present her to Jesus. Look at that. That's called fatherhood. Long before you start getting sexual, long before you start talking about attractions and all these vain, fickle things, yeah? Things that you cannot live on or live by. The work of a man in any given relationship, in any given relationship, the work of a man is to purify the people around him and his environment. And to create an environment where people can blossom and succeed. So the work of a man, when people come your way, they start feeling that they have a future. They start feeling that they can make it. They have hope. That's called fatherhood. It's not just for women. It's for men too. So leading men in our society must be the ones creating room for other men. 
creating spaces for other men, showing them how to do business, how to make money, how to look after their wives. Are you getting that? Remember, Abraham gave birth to Isaac, and Isaac got married to Rebekah, and Rebekah gave birth to Jacob. And Esau, all these people are called children of who? Abraham. Are you getting that? Every one of them needed a father. And Abraham was still alive when, when Jacob and Esau were born. He was still alive. Are you getting that? These guys used to live much longer. And all of them were called Abraham's children. And when Jacob gave birth to 12 tribes, he blessed them and said, May my name be named upon your children. Look at that. May my name be named upon your children. Until today, they are called the house of Jacob. Huh? Israel is the name of Jacob. Now, do you see the power of a father? Now, if that father does not hear God, where will he lead this woman? You see, you need to know how to hear God from Scripture so that Scripture, the Bible says, Scriptures are examples. It's an example. That means God will talk to you in many other ways, but the Scripture is the example of how he speaks so that you get used to his voice, his tone, his tenor, his timbre, his mannerisms, so that if he speaks to you from the clouds, you can quickly recognize because it's similar to what you've read in the Bible. Do you see? See, not everything is written in the Bible. Not everything. The Bible says that even the whole world will not contain that book if everything that Jesus alone did were to be written. And God wants to continually talk to you. In fact, he's continually talking. Your job is to get to know how he talks. And that's what I want to teach you. So husband, one of the things God tells you is to wash your wife. Mature her. Father her. All the other physical things will happen later. But the most significant need of any woman is someone she can depend on as her senior, even if she's the president of the world. As long as she's married, she goes home and she wants her husband to nurture her, to lift her up, to mature her, to grow her, to encourage her, to teach her the way to go, to correct her, to praise her, to reaffirm her. The same way you raise a child. Well done. Wonderful. Congratulations. She needs to hear words like that. You're amazing. You're wonderful. You are beautiful. And not only that, you've got to cause her to look beautiful. Because if a woman is not encouraged to look beautiful, she will look ugly. The way Nigerians put it. She will look ugly. The same way your brain is ugly until you take it to school. Okay? There is nothing God ever gives you that is complete. You have to build it up. You see, a child is a, a full human being, but a child has to be raised. A wife is a full human being. She has to be raised. The husband also needs to be raised by somebody. Are you getting that? That's why these relationships are so important. So, for you to improve and to grow in the prophetic, in your ability to hear God, you need to get all these protocols in place first. Yeah? That's why the Bible says, wives, submit to your husbands. 
as unto the Lord. As she submits to the husband, there is something that she's submitting there. Submission is not just being quiet and doing what you're told. No. Submission in law, and the law is derived from the Bible, is you presenting your needs and your requests. Are you getting that? Submission, the lawyers call it a prayer. So, the way a woman submits to a man is when she makes prayers, requests to the man. It's not just obey me, obey me, obey me. No, she has needs, she has requests. When she presents them, that's called submission. Are you getting that? Encourage me. I'm feeling a little discouraged today. She's submitting her request to the husband. Yeah? Advise me in this area. She's submitting her request to the husband. Oh, overlook my fault in that area. The Bible says the wise overlook faults. So she ought to submit. Please, I know I made a mistake there, but overlook it. Yeah? Ignite your mercy now. Ignite your kindness now. Okay? Don't ignite your justice at this time. Justice won't do. Mercy will. Compassion will. Okay? You see, she's submitting. She's wise. She's Proverbs 31 woman. She knows how to talk. She's full of discretion. She's hearing God. So she knows what to say. Because the Bible says the Spirit of God will teach you at that particular moment what to say. If things are wrong, if things are going wrong, there's a way the Spirit of God will tell you. Say the following words and you'll get out of trouble. So it's important for you to grow in the prophetic so that you have a marriage. Grow in the prophetic so you have some money. Because the Spirit of God will tell you, don't invest here, invest there. Yeah? He talks. So the prophetic is so significant for everybody. That's why nowadays I teach more on the prophetic than anything else. And the Bible says you need a teaching prophet, not just a prophesying prophet. Prophesying prophets operate by the gift. Teaching prophets operate by the person, the word. And you need the person much more than the gift. But you need both. But one is more important than the other. The word is the most sure means of prophesying. So you want to enjoy your child? You need to be able to hear the Spirit of God telling you, if your child acts this way, you act this way. If your child talks this way, respond this way. If your child is suffering this problem, do the following. He talks. He's a wonderful counselor. He will counsel you. He'll teach you what to do. The Bible says when you reach the crossroads, there'll be a voice behind you telling you, this is the way, walk in it. He wants to tell you what to do. He wants to get you out of trouble. He wants to show you who to network with in business. He wants to show you what to cut off and what to build up. He wants to show you how to persevere when things are delayed or when they appear to be taking long. He's a wonderful counselor. This is why I want to teach you these things. A prophetic person will enjoy their marriage. A prophetic person will enjoy their children. A prophetic person will enjoy their life. Just as you are alone, wherever you are, as you're walking, you're hearing him talk. He's telling you, oh, don't worry about what they said. Just forgive. You see, if the Spirit of God tells you to forgive, he empowers you to forgive. So it becomes easier to forgive. You see? If you try in your own strength, you keep going back to the matter again and again. You try, you keep going back to the matter. You try to forgive, you keep going back to the matter because you need anointing. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. 
And if it is by my spirit, then you need to know how that spirit talks. That's what prophecy is. Yeah? If he injects you with the wherewithal to forgive, you will forgive. If he injects you with the wherewithal to love, I'm telling you, you love even the unlovables. You will love. If he does it, he empowers you to accomplish it. If he tells you this is the business to do, even if you're not making anything, there will be this satisfaction you derive from doing that thing. And then ultimately the money comes. You see? That's called hearing the voice of God. So number one thing you need to do for you to increase your prophetic ability is have insatiable desire. Desire. Hunger like never before. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. Prophecy is righteousness. If you hunger and thirst for it, it will be given to you. You can start being very sharp in the prophetic just by being desirous, just being hungry for it. When you hear somebody talking a prophecy, you stick your ears there. If you find on YouTube or some other video a person talking about prophecy, you stick your eyes there. You are so hungry, you're ever taking notes. You don't want anything to pass you by. Hunger is number one. The Bible says, desire, spiritual gift. Desire. Do you have a strong desire for it? God will give you a desire. What you desire. Remember, desire is a prayer. Even if you don't speak it out, it gives you what? The desires of your heart. God is bound by his very nature of righteousness to give you what you desire. But will you hear him when he says, it's here? Because God gives you things spiritually fast. So you need to have spiritual discernment for you to download it from the spiritual realm and then upload it into the natural realm. After that, just like an app, you begin to use it. You see, when people send me money in the businesses that I do, and sometimes they use PayPal, PayPal will email me and say, you got money, good news, you got money, but I can't access the money. It's in spirit form, ladies and gentlemen. It's in ones and zeros. It's in words. That means the money is in spirit form. Are you getting that? I have to do something with paper. Like log in, for example. Now, now, now that's called prophetic coding. Are you getting me? Logging in to paper. After that, there are certain things I need to do to access the money. Then I have to transfer it to my phone as mobile money or I have to transfer it to my banking account as spiritual money still because it's still in figures and words. Are you getting that? As long as something is in figures and words, it's spirit. Okay? It's until I walk to the teller or to the ATM machine and still code a few things. Do you see how codes work? That's when it spits out the minty, you know, legal tender, then I can take that and use it as a token of exchange. So the money from spirit becomes literal, literal, tangible. Because I understood how to move things from spirit to the natural. If you don't know how to use that method, you may be, you may be a millionaire who is struggling because you can't access your money. Yeah? So you pray. 
I want to do business. I want to be successful. I want to get married. Ladies and gentlemen, you desired it and God granted you that desire. But do you know how to translate that spiritual thing into something tangible? God said, okay, it's not good for you as a man to be alone. Here is a wife for you. The way he brought a wife to Adam. But he won't see because he brings you a woman in words and numbers. In the spiritual realm. Can you then translate those words and numbers and then connect them to a person? You see, when we prophesy to you, we prophesy from the spiritual. We saw you in the spirit, not tangibly. Now we locate you in the natural to deliver to you the spiritual message so that the spiritual message can change you physically. So it's paramount. It's important. It's actually mandatory for you to learn the prophetic so that you can download spiritual verities and goodies that can benefit you in the physical realm. Okay? And one of the ways to do that is to desire. Desire. Hunger for it. Want it. Now, don't be bothered by your faults and your weaknesses and your failures. Those things are sideshows. They distract you. What you should be focusing your attention on is this thing that you want. Have you ever noticed that a person can be so faulty? They make so many mistakes. They're ever going wrong. But they're focused on this one thing. And you always find that in spite of their mistakes, they get that thing. Because your mistakes don't bother God. Jesus died already on the cross. Your mistakes only bother people, the people around you. Yeah? Not God. God wants to transact with you. He's not bothered by how wrong you are. Neither is he moved by how right you are. Do you see? God is beyond your wrong. And God is beyond your right. Okay? Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Do we still have internet? Uh-huh. Is it, is it okay? We've been having fluctuating internet. That's why we're not on YouTube. We are, our, our media equipment can only handle one platform at a time whenever internet is fluctuating. So right now I'm on podcast and on Facebook. Okay? Glory to God. So if you uh, experience some glitches here and there, please bear with us. It is an internet thing. It's a spiritual matter that can only be fixed by uh, prophets of internet or internet of things. Internet of things. The prophets of internet, yeah? There are people God has anointed to know these things. All right. I met a witch once. This is, this is crazy. I met a witch once. And this witch could operate internet without internet. In other words, he would get a computer anywhere, no Wi-Fi, no bundles, nothing. And he logs in and starts operating internet. And I thought, if witches can do this, why can't we Christians do these things? Yeah? The guy had understood the power of lightning. You know, that lion whose mane is like thunder. He had understood that and was able to manipulate that lightning to cause electricity and internet to be on a computer when there is no network. the child laughed. <laughs> that was the right timing for that laughter, I tell you. There's so much we can do. I know a man of God who took a bulb 
electric bulb. He looked at it and touched that, you know, those, that, 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 you know, they call terminals. He said, I'm going to cause this thing to light up. I have the power of God within me. He touched that thing, that thing went, and then blew up. He had too much electricity. Huh? <laughs> I know another man of God. He was learning how to raise the dead. So he started a chicken and commanded the chicken to get back to life. <laughs> After it's been slaughtered. <laughs> There's so much you can do as a child of God. If only you can learn to hear him. Huh? Christians have limited themselves so much. Of course, the first time it didn't work, so he turned the chicken into stew. Then he tried the second time, it still didn't work. He ate the chicken. He just kept trying until one day the chicken just decided, wait a minute, I'm going out there to, you know, to scratch for things. The chicken got back to life. The head was alive, the body was alive, but they're two separate things. So he had to connect the two. And the moment he connected them like this, it was so perfect. The feathers returned back. Crazy, yeah? <laughs> there are people who've walked with God. There was a man who used to raise people from the dead who'd been died for who who'd been dead for 10 years. He just used to sign his name on the gravestone. Just a signature. He signs his name. And then they say, and he says, okay, dig it up. And the guy comes out of the grave perfect. After years. I tell you. And he was a Catholic. Yeah? <laughs> Some of you have problems with Catholics. Don't have a problem with anybody. Don't have problems with Muslims. Don't have problems with Hindu. Don't have problems with anyone. Okay? God can use anyone he wants. A guy just signs a grave. And the, the corpse gets back to life. This has happened on the face of the earth. I'm telling you. So learn to hear his voice. Hunger. Desire. When the desire comes, it comes prophetically. So you need to know how to hear it or see it in the prophetic. And then how to translate it from prophecy to physical. When we are singing here, we are singing from the spirit to the natural. Because before I sing, before I sing that, it's in the spirit. It's invisible, inaudible. Okay? But as soon as my mouth opens like this, it becomes natural. You see? And without a spirit, you can't sing and you can't play musical instruments. So it has to start from the spirit first. So practicing is our way of downloading from the spirit those sounds that we hear. And this media, guys, they download from the spirit those pictures that they already see. By the time my picture is being cast towards you, the media man already saw it. Long before he connected the gadgets. So he plans how to take my picture and then cast it to you. That's what we call broadcasting. And in the podcast, it's the voice, the sound. So you hear my spirit. And that's the reason why when a person dies, when their body dies, you can still hear the, the records. Because their spirit never died. You get that? 
If that were a final thing, then all the records of Michael Jackson, nobody should be listening to them right now. Whitney Houston and all the great singers of old, they should have died with their music. Why is it that they die and you can still see their image in videos and you can still hear their voice? Because what they recorded was spirit and that one never died. Okay? Are you kidding me? Your image will not die because that's your spirit, your icon. Your voice won't die, spirit. It's the body that dies. The body is the means of communicating it. But if you recorded it before death, it's going to be there forever. It's everlasting. See, that's why when musicians go doing ungodly music, it is there forever. <laughs> huh? Now, we go around purifying music when we play jazz and all that with Mr. Bula. We take, we take the songs that are sweet and then we play their melodies in an anointed sense because every good thing comes from God. If you went and put your stupid words on it, we remove those words and then just play them. The very same song, but with anointing. And, you know, spiritual myopias, those who are myopic spiritually, the spiritual thunderheads, are the ones who will say, why did you play Michael Jackson's song? It's not a gospel song and you're an apostle. You know, when you are narrow-minded, you talk like that. The Bible says don't judge anything before it's time. There are people who have the wisdom of handling sound. We are purifying things. We are expanding the kingdom of God. We take it to the club. We take it to the restaurant. We take it to the church. We take it to the street. But some myopic fellow will say, I thought you were saved. Who told you that being saved is acting like your grandmother? <laughs> she can't get out of the house lest she meets demons up there. Yeah. <laughs> there are people, Christians, who cannot go to a Hindu temple unless they get demons. Why do you why do you judge people like that? What demon are you gonna get? Demons are not found in temple, they're found in your body. You walk with them. That's why we cast them out, not of the temple, but out of your body. You walked into that temple with demons already. Oh my goodness. Especially the demon of judgment, a, a judgmental attitude, criticism, a sharp tongue. Yeah? Oh, Jesus. So when we go doing the real gospel, good news everywhere, they criticize. Are these guys still Christians? Were you called as a musician? Did God give you the revelation of music? Before you open your mouth to talk, dance your dance, my dear. Just shut the mouth and dance the dance. Because you don't have a revelation of sound. Huh? <laughs> my goodness. My dear Julie, what is it? Huh? So if that person were a lawyer, a saved lawyer, a Christian lawyer, and a murderer tells them, I want you to represent me in court, would they? Then they're stupid. They need to stop the legal practice altogether. Because according to law, you're innocent until proved guilty. The murderer is innocent. That's also scripture. 
There's no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. The prosecutor is like the devil, the accuser of brethren. You know, the lawyer is like the Holy Spirit justifying you. The judge is like God who justifies. That's why they call justice. Come on. So for a lawyer to represent somebody who stole, that's okay. But for you to play your music, that's not okay. You see, that's called being narrow-minded. Those are dullards. They're also called idiots. They talk about things they have no revelation about. You're going to hear the voice of God. Then you'll know how to handle different people. A dancer must dance their dance. That's their calling. A model must model their thing. That's their calling. And if you don't hear the voice of the Spirit, you'll criticize a person because they're modeling something that you think a preacher shouldn't model. Huh? That preacher should not be fashionable. They should dress the way the uh, Israelites used to dress, in tunics. No, they didn't have the wisdom we have today of making apparels and coming up with beautiful shoes and nice things. They didn't have that. In fact, they're not even allowed to wear more than one color. Why? Because those days were days of leprosy. If there were more than one color, it looked as if your government was developing leprosy itself. So it was easy if you had one color for the priest to identify there's leprosy in your body. That's why they were told not to mix colors or mix garments. There is an explanation to everything. Yeah? Those days, women wore trousers and men wore skirts. Now you hear some foolish people saying, wow, women wearing trousers when going to church. Well, originally, it's the women who wore trousers and men wore skirts. Haven't you heard that Ruth went and lifted the skirt of Boaz and slept under there? <laughs> so when people don't hear the voice of God they've not grown in the prophetic they'll criticize what's right and they'll endorse what's wrong you see that's the reason why the church begs for money because they have denied their members every form of career their churches don't have careers except praise and worship and ushering there's no other career in the church is there why the pastors to beg for money because the people can't bring money they're not working yeah. people are not in their areas of calling the lady became saved and stopped modeling she can't wear bikinis anymore lest she stumble stupid brothers in the church who are ruled by the flesh not led by the spirit stop modeling now you're saved you're a waiter in a bar Stop that job. Jehovah, my God, who will give you another job? That means ushering in the church. A woman was feeding her child, making a certain amount of money every month until she got saved. And she was told, stop that job. It's not of God. As if Daniel was instructed by God to stop working in the witchcraft department of King Nebuchadnezzar, who at some point the only time Daniel defied him is when he declared he should be worshipped. Daniel said, no way. But running the witchcraft department, he did. Because he was the president of all the magicians, the wizards, the sorcerers. If you were in that job, would they call you a Christian? 
They tell Daniel, oh, Daniel, resign from this job. Jehovah, my God, we'll open a door for you. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Do you know what happened ultimately? By him working faithfully as the leader of spiritists and spiritualists and witches, he caused the whole world to know God. He infiltrated the system. Why do people think the world is stronger than the church? That the world can infiltrate the church, but the church cannot infiltrate the world. Why? Are we that weak? It's because people don't know how to hear the voice of God. So desire and you'll hear him. And when he sends you, go. You see, God chose Rahab, the harlot, when there were women who had never had sex with anybody in Jericho. They all died. But this one who had slept with everyone, who had strong hunger for God, that's the one God chose. And guess what? Boaz comes out of that family. Jesse comes out of that family. David comes out of that family. Jesus comes out of that family. Because a woman hungered for God. She was such a good prostitute that in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the Spirit of God himself calls her Rahab the harlot. What are you good at? Criticizing people? So that the Spirit of God, when talking to a prophet, would say, Johnson the critic. Yeah? <laughs> When people have matured in the things of God, you may think they're wrong when they're actually right. The church is suffering today because you hear metaverse. Yeah? This, um, you know, we have artificial intelligence. Yeah? Then we, uh, or let, let me just call it artificial, uh, virtual, this virtual reality. Yeah? Virtual reality. Then we have augmented reality. Then we have extended reality. In augmented reality, you participate. It's like a, a panoramic vision. In the prophetic, we call it panoramic vision. Where you're dreaming and you're seeing yourself sleeping. You, the one dreaming, are seeing yourself sleeping. So it's like there are two of you. You're participating in this thing. That's what metaverse is. Okay? So that they use your... What's that thing called? The thing that represents you. It represents your image. What is it called? Avatar. They use your avatar to do transactions, especially cryptocurrency. So everything is in the spiritual realm. And people don't understand these things are spiritual. So what do preachers do? They criticize. It's sinful. It's the mark of the beast. Every good thing comes from God. It just depends on who uses it for what purpose. Romans 13 says, Police officers bear weapons and they don't bear them in vain. So weapons are not a bad thing. But if you use it the wrong way, that's when you're sinning. If you use metaverse for the gospel, so my, ad, my uh, what, avatar can preach where I cannot go. Where my music has been turned into NFTs, non-fungible tokens, digital assets. So people can access that music from different gadgets. We call them Internet of Things. Where your computer is connected to my phone and my phone is connected to her thing. They are called Internet of Things. Then there's something called machine learning. 
Things that preachers are criticized, the way they criticize Facebook, and now follow me on Facebook, but you used to criticize it first. Because you're not hearing God's voice. Now metaverse is de- demonic. They are preaching against it. 5G is demonic. They are preaching against it. Until it's launched. And then they'll be the first to say, ladies and gentlemen, now you can like my avatar. Ladies and gentlemen, now you can enter into my metaverse. Huh? You know we talk about prophetic realm or the realm of the spirit. Now this is the metaverse. You can enter into my metaverse. From universe to metaverse. Yeah? The word of God is, come, is coming to you fresh uh, from my metaverse. Uh, am I talking to somebody? But you are criticizing it just a few months ago. That's why when the prostitute touched Jesus, they criticized. Because they knew what they do with prostitutes themselves. John 8, a woman is caught in the act of adultery. They want to stone the woman. Jesus wants to give her life. Because Jesus knew, I'm going to die. Actually, I already died. He was crucified for the foundations of the world. I'm going, I've already died for your sin, past, present, and future. So why should I condemn you, woman? They were throwing stones. Because they did not have the revelation of the voice of God. You understand? If the church were to let go of their members to work, they would not beg for money on TV. They would be so rich and so prosperous because the dancer would continue dancing. The jazz artists continue playing. The model would continue modeling. The fine artists continue doing fine art. The brewer would continue brewing. The confectionery will continue giving us perfumes. Are you getting that? And then they bring their tithes and their offerings and all those things because they are grateful to God who has opened opportunities for them to feed their family. You never see, there is our our bank account number. You'll not be showing people your bank account number. Do you know Mark Zuckerberg's bank account number? Hmm. If God gives you a gift, a talent, Use it where it is relevant. Oh, Jesus. It's called desire. Desire. 1 Corinthians 14.1 Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Desire. After you've desired, the next thing you ought to do is follow your stream of the prophetic. What stream is it? How do you prophesy? Mr. Bula prophesies by playing music, by producing music, by arranging music. That is his prophetic gift. That's his stream. That's what he should follow. Mr. Alex prophesies by doing videography and designing things. That, that's now the internet of things, really. That's his prophetic stream. Someone else, Imelda, the beautiful one, she prophesies through nutrition, feeding our physical bodies and boosting our immune system. That's her prophetic stream. Do you see? Someone else sells houses and pieces of land. Another one is a medical doctor. That thing that you're good at, that thing that you love, that thing that you operate in so naturally is your prophetic stream. What you need to do is learn to hear God's voice while you do that thing. Okay? 
Learn to hear God's voice while you do that thing. That's your prophetic stream. So, desire, number one. Number two, know your stream, okay? And don't let anybody make you think it's too small. See, usually when you're so good at something, you start despising it. So I think maybe I should do something harder. The reason it's easy for you is because it's prophetically enabled in you. The Spirit of God is flowing through you and has given you grace. So it's easy for you. It's easy for you to market. It's easy for you to meet people, to, to network with people. But to someone else, it's not easy because it's not their stream. You get that? So magnify that office, that stream, that thing that's easy for you, that thing you love to do. Magnify it. Okay? Let me tell you something. World over, my wife and I have healed people's marriages and restored marriages that were breaking simply by posting our pictures on Facebook. Not saying anything, just posting pictures. And they say, every Sunday we are looking forward to seeing you and your wife posting your pictures because it makes us know that marriage works. The Bible says we are living epistles. And the Bible says in matters like that, you don't even need to say a word. Now, do you want my wife to go there looking ugly? So that she starts taking marriages for ugly people. She has to dress like an angel. No, the angels have to dress like that. Because angels learn wisdom. Ephesians 3 verse 10, when, when they watch it. People have been changed by looking at our pictures. Even our relatives. Come on, honey, what was your cousin telling you yesterday? Um, she said that she has hope. She, she loves us. Yeah. And because of our pictures, she has hope that everything works. Look at that. Look at that. Just pictures. Do you realize everything you do is prophetic? Everything is prophecy. But ugliness, oh, that's not prophetic. No? All good and perfect gifts are from the Father of light. Good and perfect. It has to be good and perfect. That's why when you're playing music, we do it perfectly. A musician doesn't feel comfortable when they make mistakes. Because it's no longer perfect. It disturbs the ear. Yeah? Good and perfect gifts come from the Father of light. I've seen so many people. Even my own brother-in-law, if I delay to put those pictures on Facebook, he'll call me. What's going on? What's going on with my sister? What's going on? I have to be answerable. Are you hitting that? Why haven't you posted my sister? You know? <laughs> People are beginning to think marriage is actually a beautiful thing after all. Because of the prophetic things we do. All right? Your stream. If you are beautiful, use your beauty for the glory of God. If you are talented, use your talent for the glory of God. Whatever it is that you are. If you know how to cook, do that to the glory of God. Okay? If you are a preacher like me, do it to the glory of God. If you are multi-talented, do all those things you are multi-talented in for the glory of God. That's called your stream. So desire is number one. If you want to improve your prophetic. Number two is... Follow your stream. Number three, take mentorship seriously. Get a mentor. Get a mentor. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. So I have so many mentors. In business, I have Richard Branson as a mentor. Donald Trump as a mentor. I read their books. You see. I have Strema Siyua, probably the best mentor I've ever found in business. Yeah? My own father-in-law, before he went to heaven, taught me business. 
He mentored me in business, especially in thinking project like and thinking big, thinking in billions. He taught me that. I am highly mentored. In the word of God, Pastor Chris Yakilome is my spiritual father. In the word of God. In prophecy, Major One is my spiritual father. In things with prophecy. Huh? You see, are there many other people that I follow who mentor me in the things that I need to do? So for you to get it in the prophetic, be mentored. Elijah was mentored by Elijah. The disciples were mentored by Jesus. So you can't just know things. Somebody has to teach you. That's why you go to school and your teacher becomes your mentor. And once you're mentored, mentor others too. That's how we increase and spread out God's kingdom. We replicate ourselves. Oh, but I taught this person, but they never really followed the ways of God. Who told you they didn't? Who told you? Why are you judging them? Who told you they have to act like you for them to be saved? Or they have to attend your church for them to be saved? Who told you they have to speak like you for them to be saved? There are people who are saved and you don't even know and you'll never know. <laughs> because of your influence. So Hebrews 13 verse 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourself for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that will be unprofitable for you. So the one who God has given you as a mentor, don't grieve them because that will not bring you profit. Okay? Another thing, when you're mentored, share good things with your, your mentor. Galatians 6, 6. Everyone who is learning God's message from a teacher should give good things to that teacher. Every learner should give some of all the good things that he has to his teacher. Any moment a teacher teaches you, give them some money. They don't need to beg for it on TV. It's a biblical principle. Okay? If you are taught something, share something good with your teacher. Say, wow, you taught me so well. Here is some money. Go buy yourself lunch. And this is for your mother because you're loyal. (laughs) 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 All right. If somebody teaches you the word of God, the principle of growing in the prophetic and the principle of mentorship is that you give them something. Don't let them ask for it. It's rude for them to ask. It's rude. So you've turned preachers into rude beggars of pecuniary. Pecuniary is another word for money. Yeah? It's rude to ask for things, isn't it? Give me money, give me money. See, I've talked well. (laughs) Then you have to laugh in a silly way like that because you know you're doing what's wrong. Yeah? (laughs) The message was good, yeah? (laughs) Give your best. (laughs) Preachers have become rude all over the place, lacking in manners, financial manners. I've taught you, the word of God has touched you, you have been healed. Now, give, give. Ah! You should be asked. Read Galatians 6 verse 6 for yourself. Once you're taught, go into your own pocket, out of your own heart, out of the, the thing you've decided in your heart. Share with that preacher, or that teacher, or that mentor. That's a principle of growing in the prophetic. Don't let them ask for it. That's why I don't ask. I don't want to be rude. My mother taught me well. She also pulled my ears. So I'm hearing very well. She told me no begging for food everywhere. Okay? 
You go into people's homes and you look at their food longingly so they can give it to you. Yet you have food in your own house. Yeah? My mom pulled my ear and told me, these ears must hear. Your ears must hear. And they're hearing now. Glory to God. <laughs> All right. Proverbs 18, 16. A person's gift or a present makes room for him and leads him before important people. You want to know important people? Be a gift giver. Unless a person is the president of the U.S., the constitution of the U.S. <laughs> does not allow them to take gifts as long as they're in office. Yeah? So again, you've got to understand the jurisdiction under which you're operating. But you can give gifts to a minister. Yeah? A gift will open a door for you and will cause you to stand before important people. And you need important people. I'm saying, I don't need anybody in my life. Okay. No wonder you're mediocre. You need important people to push your career. You need important people to open certain doors for you that you couldn't open yourself. You see? Then, make sure you're an ardent intercessor. That's the last one. Actually, second last one. Be an ardent intercessor if you're going to be prophetic. Okay? Be what? An ardent intercessor. Intercede for people. Ezekiel 22.30 I sought for a man among them to build a wall and to stand in the breach in my presence on behalf of the land so that I won't, it won't be destroyed. But I found no one. Destruction happens when people don't intercede. They don't pray. Pray for that brother of yours, that sister of yours, that father, that mother. Stand in the gap on their behalf and pray because they don't have power to approach God themselves. But you do. And if you pray for them, God will see them as if they were you. And they'll be granted those things you ask for. Be an intercessor. Because prophet, prophecy is usually God's answer to intercessory prayer. Whenever people intercede, the next thing God does is sends them a prophet. Who will help us? There is famine. Who will help us? There is sickness. How does God answer? He sends your prophet. When the Israelites prayed, what did God do? He sent the prophet Moses. And Moses delivered them from the bondage, the Egyptian bondage. For your family to be delivered from bondage, be an intercessor. When you intercede, then prophets will be sent your way. And then they'll deliver you from Egypt and they will sustain you financially. Okay? Psalm 106 verse 23. He threatened to destroy them, but Moses, his chosen one, interceded with him and turned back his destructive anger. Moses is an intercessor. All prophetic people are intercessors. Okay? And then the last one, work on your personal relationship with Jesus. Make sure you're loving Jesus with all your heart. That's the last one. If you do these five things, you're going to be so sharp in the prophetic. You're going to increase in the prophetic. All right, my podcast audience, God bless you. Love you so very much. Until next time, bye-bye.